Blog Talk Radio. about is who's running for president. Yeah. It's like you don't hear much else on the media. Yeah. I I I don't have a problem with this, but it seems like unions do, but um I I'm for a very strong immigration policy. And I think that's the only right but but you know the I I've disagreed I think we ought to have a policy. Time. Not yeah. just have people I mean, pouring over the border. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm not, you know. You know, they have all this crackdown on and worry about terrorists coming into the country. Yeah. But and and they're um. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, it's beyond. It's worried beyond about Americans bail, you know. going into an airport, but they don't seem to worry about who pours over the border. No. I mean, uh, there's no correct thinking on any of this. I don't think so. Doesn't I, make any sense at all to me. No. It says, AFL-CIO President Richard Trumka released the following statement in response to Obama's administration's large-scale deportations. Now, see, I don't know, that, that, this Obama thing, he wants to import everybody, but then he deports everybody. That make any doesn't sense? make any sense at all. It makes no freaking sense at all. Just like the Obama administration makes no sense at all. Or the, the Democratic Party or any of this crap. The AFL-CIO has consistently urged the Obama administration to designate those fleeing violence in Central America as refugees. I agree with that. All right. And to honor its legal commitments to ensure that individuals who are eligible for protective status will but not be returned to danger. Yeah. Instead, the shameful response of our government has been to erode due process protections by expediting legal proceedings and to lock families in remote detention facilities with little access to counsel. Now, in an inexcusable escalation without any transparency, the Department of Homeland Security has begun conducting armed home raids in order to deport vulnerable women and children back to some of the most dangerous countries in the world. These devastating and disgraceful raids have instilled fear in communities around the country, tearing hundreds of families apart and causing already traumatized parents to stay home from work and keep their children home from school. The AFL-CIO and other affiliates will work with faith and grassroots partners to ensure that members of our communities who are seeking refuge will not be deported back into harm's way. Whether that means providing support for rapid response efforts or helping to ensure uh, that communities are organized against deportations or identifying places of sanctuary, including our union halls. The labor movement will uh, stand strong with Central American refugees until we see an end to these raids and the real commitment to ensuring full and fair legal proceedings. Well, you know, I can see something happening here, and I, I can see that I, I don't agree with sanctuary cities at all. We have one here in Connecticut. Uh, we have, a you know, New Haven, right? And, uh, you know, it just doesn't, I mean, I, I don't see why we should give Haven to illegal aliens, you know? And we have a bobble-headed pre- uh, uh, governor here. Who just says who nods every you know up and down and up and down or every you know everything that Obama wants, and including uh, bringing in uh, I don't know six six thousand Syrian refugees who are unvetted, all right? I mean it's just it's just absurd. So I mean, give me a break, and you know let's make sense, okay? And at the rate that we're importing people, okay, illegal aliens, exactly, immigrants. I wish you wouldn't call the, them aliens. Well, they are. They're yeah. not. They're illegal immigrants, okay? And, it, you know, by the the rate that we're doing this, by the year 2020, all right, 
we will have in excess of 500 million people in this country hmm. because these clowns are importing everybody and letting them run over the borders, and then as soon as they do, they give them legal status, you know, an amnesty. So it's like we got to do something. Man. Well, apparently you know, he's not because then know, he's having all these raids. Sending, it just doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. No, it doesn't to make me, any sense. They have really, some kind of consistent policy. Yeah. You know, a it, policy. Yeah. But the problem is that these people are running over here, you know, in the millions, you know, and, and we're just. I want going, a policy. Hey, That's all I want. Yeah, of course you do. Everybody does. Except, except Obama and his uh, bubble-headed problems. But let's let's say, though, making the same mistake twice, why the Fed shouldn't raise rates? I, I don't know. Well, we've already read that. We read that last week. We did? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I don't remember, but all right. Um, anyway, Working I, I don't agree Working people must be protected have. in on-demand economy. Seven principles on the on-demand economy. I don't know what that means. Let's go and see. Yeah, let's look at it. Statement of principles on on-demand economy. Ta-da! Oh, use technology to empower, not weaken workers. We embrace, embrace technological pr progress. The key question is whether the benefits of technological progress will be shared more broadly in the future than they have been for the past 35 years. New technologies offer exciting opportunities to grow the economy and strengthen workers' ability to use digital, political, and workplace platforms to bother, bargain together for, for a better life. The next one is promote economic and social inclusion. As our economy changes and we integrate new technologies, we must ensure that these changes promote race and gender equality from diversity in hiring in the tech sector to the nature of new services and goods entering the economy. Establishing rules to achieve binding corporate accountability regardless of where or how people work. In recent decades, many corporations have sought to shed their responsibilities as employers by subcontracting, outsourcing, franchising, offshoring, using permit attempts or misclassifying employees as independent contractors. The result has been wage stagnation and the upward redistribution of income. To address the problem, we should consider innovative and groundbreaking approaches for holding, for holding lead firms accountable for working conditions throughout their supply chains. In addition, all workers, regardless of the label given to them by the business they work for, should be entitled to fair wages, a safe and healthy workplace, freedom from discrimination on the job, freedom of association, and the right to bargain collectively. Make portable benefits available to all workers. Can you move that so we can all right. see? Make Where are you? Oh, oh, all workers, regardless of their employment status, have a right to high-quality, comprehensive health care and adequate and secure retirement income. To this end, we should ensure that all workers have access to a strong social safety net of benefits that move with them from job to job. One solution is to broaden access to portable benefits delivered by governmental mechanisms. Portable benefits can also be delivered through non-governmental systems, but experience shows that these mechanisms are workable and sustainable only when workers can exercise collective bargaining power and the business they work for contribute toward the funding of benefits. Retirement plans should balance, manage, and pool risks uh, and pool risks and, and be operated oh and pool risks and be operated solely in the interest of workers and retirees. Sorry about that. I didn't understand that. Why don't you just read the headlines on that? Safeguard the, okay. Safeguard the employment relationship to ensure workers' job protections. Increase opportunities to access good jobs. Well. And ensure a level playing field for business. Okay. We should not give one group of business a competitive advantage over another by giving them special exemptions from regulations that serve the public interest. I agree with him on that. Um, 
something I something curious I wanted to see which I thought was fun. Uh something about the Boy Scouts. Uh what the Boy Scouts have to do with unions. I thought that would be interesting. Oh, I don't know. Me neither. But let's find out. If there's a, even an article You have to live under a rock not to not to be somewhat familiar with the Boy Scouts of America program. I was a Boy Scout. Uh-huh. The Boy Scouts work to instill values in young members, and one of those values is workers' rights on the job. Oh, hmm. mainly the ability to join and form unions. Oh, well, didn't know that. I didn't either. Lynette Edwards of United Food and Commercial Workers, Local 1625, has stepped up to make sure that the next generation of young leaders to emerge from the Boy Scouts in Central Florida will be well-versed in the rights and challenges that Americans, uh, America's working families face. What a great idea, you know, mm-hmm. to instill that in the kids. While the American Labor Merit Badge has been around since 1987, it isn't one of the more well-known badges boys can earn. No. I guess not. Edwards wanted to change that and start teaching classes in Tampa and Orlando. The response from scouts, leaders, and parents was overwhelming with more than 150 attending the Tampa class, with 50 more being turned away because of space limitations, and another 75 in Orlando. Edwards spoke to the importance of teaching labor to scouts. Um, these boys are not generation, are our generation. All right, next generation. Oh, I'm sorry. We need to start early because there is already so much influence on them from big corporations and the news. These youth need to know how it is with the middle-class workers, as we know a lot of them will be the workforce soon. Union jobs pay more, or when they get their business degree and happen to be in the management or own a business, they'll be aware of unions and have more sympathy for their workers. I think that's that's great, don't you? Mm-hmm. I really do. That's great. The American Labor Merit Badge. I didn't even know there was one. Let's click no, on that. Yeah, let's see what it looks like, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh, good. It's people shaking hands. Yeah, in a circle. Yeah, that's great. Huh. So, uh, I'm really, that, that's really a great thing. America Labor Merit Badge Requirements. Huh. Jesus, a lot of requirements. Using resources available to you, learn about working people and work-related concerns. God almighty. A big time merit badge. Wonder it's not so popular. You got to do a whole lot of stuff. It's yeah, not I like, guess it's so. Not like collecting a few leaves, you know. Well, all of the badges <laughs> today—they're very hard. I guess so. Yeah. Well, they were never easy. I don't think. I well, I became first. Uh, I became a first class scout. Okay, that's uh, step one. No. No. There's tenderfoot. Then there's second class. Then there's first class. Oh. Then there's star, life, and eagle. Oh, you had a long way to go. Yeah, I gave up. I got into girls when I, uh, by the time I was uh, twelve or thirteen, <laughs> and uh, it's not it's not that much fun hanging out with a bunch of guys, that, you know. After that, so uh, anyway, so anyway, let's see what it is. Uh, all right, and let's go on to something else. You know, I'm trying to get a little strange on this merit badge stuff here. What else is there? So much fun. Corporate watch. Let's go to corporate watch. Executive pay watch. What do you think of that? Hmm. I think it's changed. I think they've gone up again. You know, I think it's increased substantially since last year. The average rank and file worker makes $36,134 a year. God. Can't support anybody on that. The starting wage at Walmart is $9 an An hour. And uh, Douglas McMillan earns nine, who is the WMT for Walmart, um, uh, earns, uh, uh, he's a CEO, earns $9,323 an hour. Hmm. Interesting, huh? Wow. So anyway, just to let you know, folks, you're getting screwed. Uh, CEO pay rises again. America is supposed to be the land of opportunity and a country where hard work and play by the rule would provide working families a middle-class standard of living. 
But in recent decades, uh, corporate CEOs have been taking a greater share of the economic pie while workers' wages have stagnated. In 2014, the CEO...
is bad for working families and undermines the values that make America great. We deserve better. I have to agree that I'd like to hear more of that from Donald Trump. He hasn't said well, anything yeah, about I, that. I, the problem that I have with Trump is he's not a worker. Um, you know, he, he's he's gotten ahead a by by you know having money. You know, yeah. You know, he's not. He's he's not inter- he's ne- not said one thing that would improve the lives of working people or middle class so. Americans. I, I don't think so. Not not really. I mean, I, I, not that I've I agree heard, with him I, on I, an, I agree with him on an immigration policy. I think we should have one. Right. I think it should be consistent. I think it should be fair. I think it should be reasonable. We have to have some kind of policy right. and then enforce it, whatever it is. But he, other than that, he really hasn't said anything that resonates with me. Um, a couple of, no, I have a couple of other things. See, I have to admit, I'm I'm for America having uh, jobs for workers here and not exporting jobs outside of the country. Not having these programs where um, companies can import uh, workers at low pay from other countries and discriminate virtually against uh, our own American citizens. They can't get the jobs. I, I agree, that, and and I mean those things are good. Were uh, what are the uh, WAPs uh, workers without papers? Without papers, um, that, that you know, those people take the jobs of Americans that are here legally, you know, and they're bought and they're paid for cheaply, okay, and they undercut unions, they undercut the the American uh, worker, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't see the sense of this protecting. The, the the this onslaught of, of of illegal immigrants, okay, coming here by the millions and the millions and the millions to take away these jobs. The American job market is sucks. I don't care what people say. You know, we're still running at a 25 percent uh, unemployment rate, mm-hmm. all right. And now you got idiots like uh, like uh, Chris Christie, okay, who don't who are trying to uh, uh, steal steal you know prevent anybody who's unemployed. And single, okay, from collecting uh, uh, food stamps. All right, yeah. I mean, if they can't find a job, and people are leaving uh, New Jersey in droves, it's one of the top five uh, countries, com- uh, states in the country that uh, people that are, are uh, have so massive he, population losses. Okay. Because he's such a lousy governor. A lousy governor, and it's a it's a tax and a hypocrite. And, yeah, but not just him. But the whole the whole concept of the of government in New Jersey, you know, is 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 destroying that that state, okay, and the jobs and everything else, and I mean it's just uh, everything that you, you you read about and everything you see, you know, is being it's a sham, it's a hypocritical sham, okay, and unless you protect Americans and American workers and American companies, uh, you know. Uh, and demand that those companies stay in America and not go to, to Europe, and not Europe, but not go to China or Mexico or wherever the hell they send them, they go, all right, and take all of these jobs away from American workers, all right? And, and also, they, they're taking, I mean, if you want to you look at it, they're taking the jobs away from the illegal immigrants, you know, yeah. that are in this country, all right? So, uh, you know, you want to get down in illegal immigrant love, okay, then, then stop bringing more illegals in to take the jobs and stop people from outsourcing these these jobs, okay, and, and insourcing jobs. And it, insourcing, it's, it's which is a system. sick system. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, the you problem is, is that, that, that this country is, is run by corporations. That's right. And right. whatever is good for them is what passes. And what, whatever and what, is good for yeah. you and me, nobody cares about. And what free people like Trumka and the unions don't, 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 they don't say, they, they refuse to say for some reason, that we are a corporatist country, mm-hmm. which means that we are a fascist country, all right, run by corporations. It's the same thing that was happening in Germany, okay, in the 30s. Same yeah. thing, all right. Uh, we, they, you know, American investors and American banks funded Hitler. You know, American uh, 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 company. And then, when, and then when he lost and, the war, they brought all those people over here. Yeah. To become high up in the government in this country. That's right. Well, when they when they lost the war, 
what happened was is they it was is Eisenhower, the great Eisenhower, <laughs> uh, you know, gave visas and passports to to all of these Nazis. Okay, all of these Nazis that murdered and raped and pillaged and everything, he gave the top guys. Okay, of the SS. All right, passes to come over here, and guess what? They came over here to set up the CIA. All right, and the OSS. Okay, which was the uh, 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 pre precursor to the to the CIA. So, you know, we're looking. I mean, these things are not talked about. These things aren't even, you know. People aren't, don't aren't like to ad- people don't like to admit that that's yeah. what it is. And and it was people like like uh, the Bush family. The Bush family was 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 the biggest. Prescott Bush and Harriman and all these guys. These the were all Dulles. And the Dulles. Well, the Dulles were these guys were were uh, uh, bad guys all along. I mean, yeah. They 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 were spies and everything else. And they set up Dulles the and CIA and everything. But horrible they, people. But, but you know they were inspired by the Nazis and by the mm-hmm. SS. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we, we Gestapo. So you know, we have to we have to look at which, this with which reality. the Bush family and the Fords and among others That's supported right. oh, and encouraged big time, big time support, big, big time support. And you know, that's that's what we have now. Uh, uh, make it union in the nation's capital. Uh, these are oh, that was a beautiful tree, by the way, in December in the nation's capital. It means residents and visitors alike are gearing up to celebrate the holiday season with family and friends and loved ones. Oh, did you see that when you were down there? Yeah, you it was beautiful. It was we beautiful. Lo- oh, it was really pretty. Mm-hmm. Before we do that, let's take a moment to thank our Washington, D.C. Union brothers and sisters on the front lines fighting for better wages, hours, and benefits for all of us. That was a beautiful tree that... that uh, a lot of those down in Washington. During the, yeah, uh, I was up Christmas in uh, the top of a hotel, and I could look down and see that tree. It was so uh, pretty. Uh, it really was nice. Um, and what a difference they're making from retail workers protesting against Walmart's low wages to workers at Reagan National and Dulles International Airports joining the national fight for $15 an hour. Workers in the D.C. metro area have participated in dozens of actions in 2015. We can all join the fight for a stronger middle class in the holiday season. That's true. Every time we open our wallet, we can choose to spend our money supporting good employers who treat their work as well. In that spirit, the Metro Washington Council and Label 411 are proud to present a list of D.C. holiday activities and events. Uh, that union workers make possible because together our dollars can make sense. Well, I saw the National Christmas tree. It was really pretty. I really loved looking at it. Oh, that's good. So I'm glad you saw that, Lila. And what more can we say? All right, legislation and politics. Oops. Okay. Uh, working men and women have strengthened numbers and goals of the AFL-CIO's legislative and political efforts is organizing that strength to win the good pay, retirement security, safe work environments, broad access to quality education for our children, and much more. By mobilizing through the union uh, movements, state level and nationwide, get out the vote effort, union members elect candidates who support and will enact the working family agenda. Uh, Women deserve a voice on the job and at the ballot stock. Today we sit, oh, that's in August. Yeah. This this is old stuff. Yeah, well, so. yeah, they don't update their, their thing so well. But anyway, um, let's see if there's anything more. Exciting. We should go to Council 4 and see. Yeah, uh, let's see what's yeah, going on here. Raising wages, the standard for 2016 presidential candidates. Let's see what they say here. Oh. You did that too fast to get away. Try again later. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Uh, yeah. Well, you, you did it before it came on. That's why. Huh. 50,000 in the last decade, more than 50,000 manufacturing facilities have closed. 
and the U.S. trade deficit has grown. Has grown. Six million manufacturing jobs have been lost, while the largest U.S. non-financial corporation sat on a record one trillion in cash instead of using it to create jobs. And the U.S. trade deficit has grown. It's time to bring jobs home. Text, you can text jobs to... Well, this guy interesting. What went wrong how to fix it? Here's the scoop. With four infographics and analysis, we break down what went wrong with the economy and how to fix it. Click on each image. Okay. If we want to fix what's wrong with our fix what's wrong with our economy, we can't just return to the way things were before the crash of 2008. We have to fix what is wrong before the crash. And what was that? In short, it was the failure of our low-wage economic strategy of the past 30 years, which crippled the growth. I don't know about that. I, th- I think what you know that that's not really true. What what really killed us was the speculation in the in the uh, you know mm-hmm. in the uh, in the banks, you know, and giving these giving these no-income verification loans and structuring it out. So and then the derivative investments, uh, you know, well, that that's was, the craziest that's, stuff that happened. But there was no safety net for anybody. No. That had been destroyed. Well, yeah, but, you know, there wasn't and any need for any safety net well, before well, they started spending well, all the money. Happened, yeah, but Leo, jobs were still leaving this country at an accelerated rate. I well, mean, there was a Bush, yeah. Yeah, there yeah, was a combination of yeah, things. Yeah. It wasn't just the derivatives. It, no, it was, was a worst. whole lot of things oh, yeah. that happened. He was probably one of the worst, worst presidents since uh, Hoover. Yeah, horrible. Uh, yeah, you brought us right into the recession, and Obama didn't do a damn bit, not too much to help get us out of it. No. So, well, know, the first thing he did was reward the banks when he got into office. Yeah, because they were the ones that, that was, backed them. So we got. So he was the same as Bush for crying out loud. I mean, and then what he did is he accelerated the war. You know, I even after he got a peace, a Nobel Peace Prize. You know, I mean, the whole this this whole craziness has has just become. It's the hypocrisy that the I can't. The hypocrisy of Obama in, a, in a, his teary little speech yesterday. Oh, I have something I wanted to talk about on that. I have some really interesting stuff on. I don't. I, I don't disagree with his proposal on on gun legislation. It makes sense. No, but there was really, really an interesting thing about. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up because uh, I I don't really agree with this stuff here, but I, I'd like it to. Uh, Back to this, because this, this is really interesting. So, but here, um, here we go. Uh, they, this was really interesting. Uh, David Cheney writes. I don't know who he is. Uh, he's just the writer from politichicks.com. He got a picture of uh, he got a picture of uh, of Hitler. Uh, and Hitler cried and spoke with great dramatic flair. The Germans gave up their guns. Millions were murdered in cold blood. You can keep your drama in tears. I'll raise you liberty and the ability to protect my freedom from individuals, gangs, and state tyrants. We are still, even if by a threat, a representative government today. We are not a dictatorship. Carry on, but. Yeah, he was known for this. Now, here's another statement about Obama crying. When psychopaths cry, they often wipe underneath each eye one at a time. When people cry genuine tears, they cry with both eyes, and so they will tend to wipe both eyes at once. And this is stated from the book The Body Body Language of Liars by behavioral analyst William Glass. Is that interesting? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He was weeping out of one eye. You know, mm. I mean, what a drama, drama queen. Here's something about Hillary. She says, I won't, you know, or, or they're, they're stating, she went into Libya and just, I went into Libya and deposed a man who had given up his WMD and was threatening no one. Uh, I'm not, I, I, got got him. I got him killed, got Americans killed, Lost a ton of weapons and left the whole nation in chaos. And I need your vote. That's from, <laughs> that's from Hillary. <laughs> that's exactly it. It's sick, you know. Uh, 
George Lucas. Did I say this last week? No. Uh, okay. Is anyone, if anyone saw his latest Star Wars, it really was terrible. Disney can now destroy the has, can now destroy the entire franchise. But it's hard to feel sorry for Lucas, who just Lucas uh, George Lucas, who just got four billion dollars from Disney. But George Lucas says he sold Star Wars to white slavers, and uh, <laughs> and you know you know what's interesting about this is we had we had a uh, uh, attorney uh, CC I believe his name was uh, from uh, who was suing uh, Disney, uh-huh. and we had a, an interview with him that it's posted on on on, on our. Uh, show on our uh, blog, blog show uh, uh, archives and uh, also on my website and uh, he talks about uh, it talks he talks about uh, Disney insourcing 700 jobs yeah. from India insourcing okay that means bringing Indian people into putting them up putting, in hotels putting, putting or and, and putting them into middle class jobs, jobs at Disney for at sixty thousand plus a year. Forcing the people in the jobs to train these individuals and then firing the people. That's correct. I yeah. mean what so correct. we're gonna replace them. You know, and uh it's real sick and I think that's part of what he's talking about, white slavers. But Lord George Lucas in a recent interview with Charlie Rose said let some of his true feelings for Star Wars, the Force Awakens and Disney slip. Lucas who created the Star Wars saga said it was against making. Uh, he was against making the new movie for the fans and felt he sold the company he created, Lucasfilm, to the white slavers, uh, referring to Disney. Uh, Lucas has issued an apology for his remarks to Disney. <laughs> this is somewhat uh, surprising because Lucas has previously seemed supportive of the Force Awakens. It even. Uh, it's even been said that he liked the movie and attended its premiere. When Disney bought Lucasfilm for $4 billion in 2012, it gave Disney ownership of the Star Wars franchise. At the time, Lucas had some ideas of how Episode uh, Seven could be told. But it seemed once the papers were signed, Disney told Lucas to take a hike. They looked at the story and they said, we want to make something for the fans, Lucas said. Uh... uh I said, all I uh, want to do is tell a story. They decided they didn't want to use those my stories. They um, decided they were going to do their own thing. And they weren't that keen all right, uh, to have me involved anyway, he said. And if I get in there, I'm just going to cause trouble because they're not going to do what I want them to do. And I don't have the control to do it anymore. So I would not... So. All I would do is muck everything up. And so I said, okay, I will go my way, and I'll let you go your way. But and it, but it seems Lucas hasn't been able to let go. It's a very, very, very hard thing to do, and that's all right. And, and it goes on and on. But the movie honestly sucked up a rock, okay? Oh, it says, and, well, uh, go, go up to the thing there. Go up. Why did Lucas sell the Lucas film? There are three more stories, Lucas told Rose, referring to episode seven, eight, and nine. To do it right would be ten years. And I said, I'm 70. I don't know whether I'll be here when I'm 80. And every ten years, the odds get less, and I want to do other films. So I have to make the decision on my own that it's time to be me to move on. Watch clip with the above quotes and embedded, and watch the entire interview here. Uh, I don't think we'll no. watch the entire interview. But I think it's really interesting that he called them white slavers, okay? Hmm. Because that's exactly what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a diabolical bunch of people. And, you know, if you look at what Disney actually does, if you look at their cartoons and stuff, they're really, they're, they're throwing all the, well, well, you know, you get into the Masonic aspect of that and the demonic aspect of Disney and his, uh, and all of the symbolism and all the, all the, 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 the subliminal stuff that's in those cartoons. It's unbelievable. Really unbelievable. All right. Uh, so, you want to read this part? This is kind of fun. So, any, if anybody's actually thinking of, I, oh, I, I guess uh, uh, there's one thing. Um, I guess, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Hill and Bill bombed 
he's in Nevada, I think, or someplace. No, he was no, he bombed in the last uh, thing. He was in uh, Iowa or someplace. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Where did you see that? It's on here somewhere. Be patient, folks. Leo's trying to find something on here. He's uh, he's not organizing his um, things that he gets on Facebook here. People send him a lot of stuff, which is really good. They just knocked me out here recently because the stuff was all new. Oh, I'm sorry. I really wanted to... uh, That's too bad that you can't find it. They just, they just, it all poured in in the last half hour. God, money. Unbelievable stuff. All right. Oh, Hillary. We can't legalize drugs because. because there is just too much money in it. Imagine that. Yep. Money for her family? Is that what she means? We can't legalize drugs because there's too much money in it. Last week, this was in February. Oh, wait a minute. You know what? This was a while. This was a long time ago. 2011. She said, I wish they wouldn't put stuff like this up. But, you know, they screw you up. So, uh, anyway, let's go back. Kinds of stuff on who's running this and who's running. What made you think that Bill Clinton didn't get a good reception? Because I read it. I, I read it here somewhere. It was, it was on a. I, I just read it tonight. And he got, he got, he got a very bad reception in uh, New Hampshire. Well, people must be smartening up. They are. They they know what he is. He's a he's a he's a, he's a schmuck. And they're depending on this schmuck to, to help Hillary, and it's not. It's, he's hurting Hillary more than anything. Uh, 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 I don't know. That's too bad. Yeah. And what happened with those ranchers, huh? Yeah. Are they still... Um, did they... They're still fighting it. They're, yeah. they're still holding them up. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why. Uh, uh Let's see. Yeah, I could that one, too. Yeah. What's this one? Uh, this one was... Uh, On Bernie Sanders. Sanders questions the FDA on Big Pharma, which is probably a good That's idea. probably a good that one. That was a good one, because I, I, I heard it. And uh, yeah. that's one thing that Sanders has said. But, the, you know, he, he says it, but, you know, <sighs> will he ever, will he do it? You know, that's the real question. Let's see what he has to say. He hasn't been able to do anything yet. As you know, in our country, we pay by far the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs. As I understand that about one out of five Americans cannot afford to fill the prescription that their doctors are writing for them. Uh, Mr. Chairman, with your permission, I would put into the record a comparison of drug prices uh, in the United States and Canada which show that on major and important drugs, the prices in Canada are far, far uh, less expensive than they are in the United States. That's true all over. Uh, well, I'll, I'll continue this, but I just wanted to mention that this is Sanders um, uh, uh, questioning the FDA nominee with deep pharmaceutical ties. He's a major uh, lawyer and uh, lobbyist for, uh, you know, for the uh, for the big pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. Now, why the hell would, would, you put would, that guy would Obama be nominated? The world. Nominated uh, like my that. concern, Mr. Chairman, is that while last year the top four drug companies in this country, Pfizer, J- 
Johnson & Johnson, Novartis, and Hoffman & LaRoche, they made $57 billion in profit in one year. I heard concern that drug companies are not doing well. They're doing quite well. And yet you have millions of Americans who cannot afford the high cost of prescription drugs. So while all of us agree that clearly we want great new products out on the market to save lives, for millions of people it doesn't matter what the products are. They just cannot afford them. We need, in my view, an FDA commissioner who is going to be aggressive and understands that very simple principle. And I'm not clear. And what I heard today confirms that I, I don't think you get that. Uh, do you think, here are some of the questions I'd like to ask and make out the point. I think it is not a coincidence that uh, last year the pharmaceutical industry spent $250 million on lobbying and campaign contributions and employs some 1,400 lobbyists. Do you think, uh, Dr. Califf, that that type of expenditure has any impact on the fact that we pay by far the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs? Senator Sanders, I think the ideal situation would be if the money went into R&D to develop uh, an adequate picture of the risks and benefits of treatment, and that was made uh, available to people. Why do we pay the highest prices of the world by far for prescription drugs? I'm not an expert on the price of drugs, Senator Sanders, but I'm certainly sensitive to the fact that in a field like cardiovascular medicine, my specialty, um, we need to have drugs available because they save lives. But and doctors and oncologists have written to us that it doesn't matter what the drugs are available because their patients can't afford them. Let me ask you this very simple question. As head of the FDA, you will oversee the importation of food products, vegetables, fish from all over the world. We can import lettuce and tomato vegetables from farms all over the world, but somehow we cannot re-import from Canada brand-name prescription drugs manufactured by the largest drug companies in the world. Can you explain to me, and do you support the re-importation of brand-name prescription drugs from major companies from Canada and from other major industrialized countries? Yes, no. Senator, as you're aware from our previous discussion, we have major concerns about reimportation, the system it would take to make sure that the drugs are adequate. In other words, do you think we can bring in fish products and vegetables from farms all over the world, but we cannot bring from across the Canadian border brand-name drugs? You don't think we have the capability of doing that? We have the capability. It would add additional cost, and uh, systems would have to be well, put in place. Well, this is why precisely the American people are paying by far the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs. It is beyond my comprehension that you're sitting here saying we can bring in vegetables and fish from all over the world, but we cannot bring in brand-name drugs manufactured by the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world from a country like Canada. I just do not uh, accept that. Now, let me ask you another question. Um, the reason, one of the reasons we pay the highest prices in the world is today, as you know, I could walk into a drugstore and they could tell me the medicine I use, the price has doubled because we have no regulations. Do you believe that and will you support uh, the right of Medicare to negotiate drug prices, uh, which is now currently not allowed by law? Should Medicare sit down and negotiate drug prices so we can lower the prices yeah. of medicine? Well, as you're aware, I believe, that it is the administration's position that in certain circumstances that have been spelled out in the President's budget that uh, negotiation on Medicare prices um, should be done. Uh, it's not the FDA's remit to set the prices, as we've already discussed, but know, it but is the administration's The issue of affordability is within your jurisdiction. Um, let me just conclude, Mr. Chairman, and, and let me thank again Senator Casey for jumping over him here, that we all want great medicine to come onto the market, and I respect the work that you have done. But at the end of the day, people are dying. People are not buying the food they need because they have to pay outrageous prices for medicine because we have been extraordinarily weak in taking on the pharmaceutical industry that is ripping off the American people. I believe that we need a commissioner, and I know that's not the only responsibility of the FDA, but I believe we need a commissioner who is going to stand up to the pharmaceutical industry and protect the American consumers, and I have to say to you with regret that I think you are not that person. Thank you very much. Sounds like it to me, too. Uh, now, the only problem I got with Bernie is that he, he, he's, you know, he's kissing, uh, he's kissing uh, uh, Hillary's ass, you know, 
and that, and you know, he he bows down to her, he, you know, he kowtows to her, and he, he's, you know, he's just completely uh, submissive to her, mm-hmm. you know, and that or makes an excuse for her. He makes that. excuses for her, and and which, you know, things that would make her lose to him, he he he, he, gives her a he pops her up and passes. I mean, it's really a stupid, stupid, stupid campaign. I mean, even this thing with the DNC, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, it turns out the DNC recommended the the guy that Bernie Sanders had to fire, who broke into the uh, into Hillary's files, okay, mm-hmm. and you know, and and then screwed, yeah, and then he apologizes to her on the debate, you know what I mean, and says, "I'm really sorry that I did that," you know, I mean, he's just a boob, you know, a big dumbass boob, and he's told not to, you know, overstate, over, don't, don't overshadow her, you know, and, and you got all the, the, all the, uh, progressives, okay, who are, who, who hate Hillary and love him, all right, but he's submissive to her, so, I mean, it's not, he's just, he's another Howard Dean, you know, another damn Howard Dean who, who putzed out, uh, with, to, to carry, you know, and uh, gave it gave it all to Kerry. You know, and then what did he get for it? Fifty million dollars in take home pay, and you know from his campaign, and he they gave him the they appointed him as the uh, uh, chairman of the DNA DNC. Okay, I mean, yeah. so good God, man! Yeah. I, I mean, what a sellout he was. And it's the same way with Bernie Sanders. I can see him selling the whole thing out. You know. I mean, he was the same kind of guy, big socialist, anti-war, anti-pharmaceutical, anti-this, anti-that. But, you know, and he, he sang to the to the progressives. I bought it. I bought it. And then until... until Who he, didn't buy it? What do you mean? Who didn't agree with it? Who told you what was going to happen? You didn't tell me that. Not at the beginning. You told me at, at the end, but not no, at the beginning. No, I told you that Howard Dean was probably... A guy who was going to corral everybody right into no, the mainstream. No, you did. Yes, you really did. good at saying things after the fact. No, no, I said that's what he was. He was like a rabbit. Run, yeah. rabbit, run. Yeah, well, that's, that's yeah, they, easy to say. Yeah, well, no, I like, said we, that. When we were there, there. No, we, saw, I, we saw it I happen. It we were pissed time. off about it. I said it at the time. Yeah, right. Okay. Because that's a strategy they use, and I'm afraid Well, they didn't use it before until then. All right, and then they used it, and then, uh, you know, then we found out what a bum Dean really was, you know, so. A great strategy. Works uh, every time. Seems to. Uh, anyway, I don't know. we still got a few minutes. Um, it's official. The country of origin labeling has ended. The House, 300 to 121 passed, uh, and Senate slipped into spending bill. Uh, President signed into law. Now you will not know which country your meat comes from. I don't like that. Happy Holidays, America. I wasn't happy with that. that. No, I wasn't. I wasn't happy with that at all.
He's uh, this is from the Daily Sheeple, but Bill Clinton. And this is quite a quite a quite a, a shake up here. Uh, it says Bill Clinton and the pedophile, the sex scandal that could destroy Hillary's presidential ambitions. Ooh. Yeah. Why did a convicted billionaire pedophile named Jeffrey Epstein, that pimped out underage girls to powerful men, have 21 contact phone numbers for Bill Clinton? <laughs> and why did Clinton fly on multiple occasions to the private Caribbean island where Epstein regularly held wild sexual orgies? Let me give you a hint. It was not to discuss politics over milk and cookies. No? Every once in a while, we get a small peek into the twisted sexual world of the global elite. In this case, a Florida lawsuit that alleges that the Britain's Prince Andrew had sex with a 17-year-old uh, uh, sex. sex sex slave, provided by Epstein, is making headlines all over the planet. But of potentially even greater importance is what this lawsuit is revealing about Bill Clinton. If it can be proven that Bill Clinton had sex with underage girls, provided by Jeffrey Epstein, that could potentially destroy any chance that Hillary Clinton has of winning the presidency in 2016. The 17-year-old girl that Prince Andrew is alleged to have had sex with is named Virginia Roberts. She is claiming that she once received $15,000 for having sex with him. A teenage sex slave says she was paid 15 for betting Britain's Prince Andrew. Um, and uh, pimped her out. Jeff Epstein allegedly pimped her out to the prince. And a lot of powerful men were part of Jeffrey's scene, but I specifically remember Andrew Roberts told Britain's Daily Mail. That was the girl. Um, in, uh, and it is a fact that Jeffrey Epstein is a convicted sex offender. He was convicted by a court of law for paying a 14-year-old girl $300 to massage him and have sex with him. <laughs> sex, uh, Epstein's sexual exploits have documented since 2005 when women in Palm Beach contacted police saying her 14-year-old daughter had been given $300 to massage him and have sex. And it goes on. The guy's pretty dirty. All right? And a lot of Democrats are going to end up reading this article, and a lot of them are going to start making apologies for Clinton at this point. So let's not let's get one thing straight. It's not okay for anyone to have sex with underage girls. Whoever breaks the law by doing so deserves to go to prison. That includes Bill Clinton, if it can be proven that he did this. And without a doubt, Clinton and Epstein were very close. In fact, courts show uh, court records show that Epstein had 21 different phone numbers for Clinton. Hmm. And it goes on, but you know, it's just it's just uh, it's just incredible. You know, it is, it really what is. this guy has gotten away with over the years. He was impeached for being a, 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 a pervert. Perv, uh, you know, and, you know, that's just the way it is. Now, here's one more thing that was said. I thought it was interesting by Brzezinski. He says, shortly, the public will be unable to reason or think for themselves. They'll only be able to parrot the information that had been given on the previous night's news. And that's how they uh, do it. You know what I mean? That's what he thinks of all that. That is how it's done, yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, that's the end of the show tonight, folks. I want to thank you for joining us. And uh, hopefully uh, uh, our friend Larry will, uh, Larry Dorman will uh, be back this month uh, yeah. to share, with us, share his thoughts with us. And uh, uh, we wish him all the best. And... Uh, we uh, wish you the best, and thank you very much for joining us. Uh, yeah, thanks I, for being with us, folks, and make up your own mind about things, but yeah. read some of the articles that, um, you that, know, we, suggested that we suggested and go to them yourself yeah. and see what you think. Yeah. But make, but do some investigating and find out who yeah. these people are so you yeah, don't they're make They're running mistakes. around for president and yeah. trying, to, trying to get your vote, uh, you know, and, you know, and be I mean, smart about who you vote We back for. the unions on so many things, but uh, I'm sorry, folks. We we just can't back Hillary <laughs> at no. all under any circumstances. So, you know. I think Bernie Sanders would have been a better choice for the He might have been a better choice. Uh, you know, in my uh, opinion, he but, would have been. You know, but, but they didn't. At least, at least he's a lot. He's a little more uh, uh, union friendly 
I know, think so. I like yeah. a lot of the things that and he said. It's too bad that they didn't support him instead of Hillary. Yeah. You know, but but anyway. they didn't for whatever yeah. reason. So but I want to thank everybody who joined us, and uh, hope you have a pleasant evening. Good night, folks. Good night, everyone.